Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Good morning. Um, am I too loud? <laughs> okay. There goes the church. <laughs> um <clears throat> I, wow, <laughs> didn't expect it. Um, this is my husband's fault. Um, yes, he gets to take the blame because he said to me this morning, this is your swan song because I won't be coming down here on a regular basis. And as excited as I am for you, and it is absolutely right. I'm going to miss you. And um, I was thinking about <clears throat> you this morning. Well, obviously. Uh, I remember being in this building 10 years ago. And we were looking that way. The cement floor. And I was like, okay, I hope you all can see something because I don't see anything. But I'm not a builder, you know. Builders can see things that aren't there yet. And... Uh, I remember somebody saying, well, can't you just picture? I'm like, nope, I just see trash. <laughs> I don't see, not this building, but this, a different project. But anyway, um, anyway, so I was praying this morning. Um, I was praying about you and um, this church that, you know, I saw. Actually, I guess it was, uh, it was being in the birthing process at that point, right? You know, in conception, you can't see a baby. There's somebody here that's pregnant. I saw her. You know, you can't see the baby. I don't care if you do the 3D ultrasound. You don't really see what it looks like. And this church has grown into something that's amazing. And um, as I was praying, I asked the Lord, you know, like what? At first, what I saw was a pillar, this is not, this is not this. <laughs> Sorry. I just saw a pillar that this church is a pillar in Cass County. You know, and a pillar holds things up. And you're a part of the big church and you're holding up. And it's, it is so important what you're doing. And as we pulled in and, and um, we, we, we parked up out here and when I looked and I saw a tree and, and I, the Lord just brought to my mind the, the, um, the scripture in Psalms. And in Psalm 1, it says, um, Oh, the joy of those who do not know, do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank. Bearing fruit in every season, their leaves never wither, and, they're, and they prosper in all they do. And what I saw was this church has the opportunity to do that, bear fruit in every season. Now, I, I don't, we were just talking this morning, who was I talking to, about cucumbers and tomatoes. There's no better time than to get a cucumber or tomato in Michigan than right now, right? And none of them taste like that. But if you had one that bore that kind of fruit all season, wouldn't you, like, hold on to it? Wouldn't you treasure it? That's what you have here. 
You have a community that can bear fruit in every season. And that is amazing. Totally not in my notes. Um, and so I just want to, I just want to pray over you for that. So Father, I just thank you for New Day Vandalia. I thank you that this church has become a pillar that they do have fruit to give to the community, that they have what the community needs, what this county needs, and that you're taking them into a new season. We thank you for Michael Graff. We thank you for the next chapter of New Day Vandalia. And I am excited to see where you take her. Amen. Amen. Um, so I am continuing a series, and we had a little interruption last week here in Vandalia, but um, I know Marilee shared a couple of weeks ago. And so the series for this month is called I Am Group. And, of course, it's a play on I Am Groot, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. And what's important about that reference for me for today is that if you've seen the movie or if you haven't, the beginning of it, I watched the beginning of it just because I needed to have a reference point. And it takes a cast of characters that all has an individual agenda, very different from one another, brings them together to accomplish a specific goal. That is very important because that is what the church is. Isn't that what Jesus did with his apostles? He took a fisherman and a tax collector and people with very different ideas of, and agendas brought them together and said, hey, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing called church, right? And that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing is church. And church includes discipling. It become, you become one with one another. We're supposed to grow together. And that's, that's what we want to talk about when we talk about small groups. And that's what we're focused on this, this, um, this four weeks. One of the, the, so you can have groups, like you can have lots of groups, right? You can have a knitting club, you can have a prayer meeting, you can have, there's lots of ways to do groups. And merely shared with you guys a couple of weeks ago that what we want to do is have groups that help you transform. It requires something on your end. It requires that you are chasing after Jesus. And that when you come together in your small group, that you share with one another so that you can encourage one another. And so I'm going to talk today about some practical things about being a group member. Um, but I do want to just reiterate, when we do these groups, this transformational kind of group, it's not... And I, I, I'll just be honest, last year we did, we did the whole groups and I'm like, what are we doing again? Like, why are we doing it this way? And now I'm starting to see the goal isn't for me to come to the group and have you feed me. It's for me to come and encourage one another. Me to encourage you and you and encourage me. And it requires something of us. So in those groups, we're going to be focused on talking about the sermon so you might actually have to remember what was said by the person standing up here. Challenging, I know, because I listen too to other people. 
Um, you also want to answer the question of how your soul is. And when we talk about our soul, we're talking about how we're doing with Scripture, with relationship to others, our relationship with the Lord, and our relationship in our lives. Could be work, could be family, other things. And we want to practice praying. How many of you in here are like, I am totally comfortable praying out loud in front of people? Come on. Okay, there's a lot of hands not raised. And that I, believe me, 10 years ago, I'm not praying in front of anybody else. What are you talking about? But it takes practice. And when you're in a small group setting with people that you trust, it becomes easier to do. And it empowers you to do it all the time. So we get our scripture today from, um, or so we're talking about being a member of a small group. And so the scripture, I, I was just blown away. So Luke wrote Acts, right? And in Acts, we have the very first thing that happens is Jesus commissions the disciples to go and make disciples of all nations. And then he leaves. Holy Spirit falls on the church. They're empowered. They're preaching. Peter preaches this message. 3,000 people get saved. And then he says this. And then this, this is what Luke writes. They document. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching <clears throat> and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to reading what was being taught. They didn't have the New Testament yet, right? So they only had what the apostles were teaching. I mean, they had the Old Testament, which, of course, they used, but the, the disciples, the apostles' teachings is what they clung to because it's the message of Jesus, and that's what we should be clinging to as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then they had fellowship with one another. That was a key. That was key, and it was important. That's what we want to focus on. They also... Um, devoted themselves to breaking bread and devoted themselves to prayer. Those four things we want to focus on. Now, when they talk about breaking of bread, <clears throat> although it does mean communion, excuse me, I need to get a drink. <clears throat> Luke expounds in a couple of verses later, and says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They went to church. They broke bread together in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That's fellowship. That's community groups. That's times that you are sharing with Christians your faith and your walk in faith. And then they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And when they did that, the Lord added to their number daily those who were saved. The Lord added to their number. We have a part to play. We need to be showing up at church. We need to be gathering together, breaking bread with one another, having small groups, attending a small group, praising God and praying. And when... and. Really again. Okay, so when we do that, so we all are part of the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians it says, now you are the body of Christ. 
Each one of you is a part of it. You are a body of Christ. Each one of you. You say, well, I'm not very... You are a part of the body of Christ. That's what it says. Those little ones are part of the body. Those are your brothers and sisters. They're your brothers and sisters. We are all a part. So what can you do to be a good group member? Well, is it working now? Because I just did it. Okay, great. Um, you can be you. I love this quote by Oscar Wilde. Be yourself. Everybody else is always take, already taken. Right? Any, anybody ever wanted to be like somebody else? Oh, man. Like, oh, if I could be Stephanie Jones. She's so cool. I, I, she's just, and her accent too. Like, wouldn't that be fun? I think it'd be fun. But, or, or whoever. When I was a kid, you idolized whoever. But the truth is, God made you to be you. You are uniquely made. And if we didn't have you, there'd be an emptiness. There'd be a void. We need you to be you. So don't try to be someone else. You have something to give. The Bible called you, you or Jesus called you, and you have a part to play. You have an encouragement to share. You have something to give someone else. You may need to figure out what that is. You might have to do a little soul searching on yourself. I, I Anybody ever done any personality tests? I went to school, and oh my gosh, I did the Meyer-Briggs, I did the DISC, somebody else had me do the Enneagram, then there's colors, and there's characters, then my work did this archetypes, and I was like, oh my gosh, I know who I am. I talk a lot. That's who I am. Extrovert. You know, every time I get that. Well, we did, the leaders at New Day at one point did the Strengths Finders, and I loved, not that I was doing another test to find out what I was good at, but what I loved about it is they, the, in the book, the author says, you cannot be anything you want to be, but you can be more of who you are. No matter how hard I try, I will never be an introvert. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I could pretty, I don't know. I spend too much time alone and I'm like, Mm-mm, this is not my deal, right? I have to be who I am and so do you. But it's good to understand, I mean, those tests, all of those tests, they're good to help you figure yourself out. You are a work in progress, right? I know I've shared with you a lot a lot about my past. I am not who I once was. My personality is pretty much the same. But I am, a, I am becoming more of what Jesus created me to be. Get rid of your self-imposed expectations. That's the worst. Sometimes, anybody ever harder on themselves than, than probably Jesus is? You know, we need to get rid of those expectations about ourselves and, and realize that God made you who you are. And you're in process. Explore your spiritual gifts. Figure out what you're good at. Now, <laughs> um, your spiritual gifts are really great to figure out where you serve in the church. But just because you're not gifted at something doesn't mean you can't still help out. Okay? So my son bought a house, and it needed some things. And my son has not learned a lot of things over the years. Now, I am not a builder. 
Okay, we talked about that last time I was here. I didn't understand the whole level thing, and I can't level very well. However, I leveled his toilet with shims. Yes, I did, because I know a couple of things. I have figured out a few things. Now, does that mean that I should go out and say, hey, Israel, I think you should give me a job? Probably not, okay? But I can still help out in those areas. So when we're talking about serving in the church, Absolutely. You might need to step up and do some nursery or children's ministry or make some, a pot of coffee. Um, but one of the things, when you find out what your spiritual gifts are and when you find out what your personality is, it actually, when you do those tests and you read about different people, it helps you to understand what other people are like. And that's important when you're in a small group. So that when you have somebody who's sitting there intently looking at you, you don't freak out and think, oh my gosh, they hate me. You might think, oh, maybe they're just an introvert who's listening to everything I say, which maybe is new for you. It was new for me at one time. So um, so be who you, who you are. Find out who you are. Find out what, you, what makes you tick. And, and in that learning process of your giftings and of your personality, you might find some things about other people, and that will help you to be a good group member. Be a, yeah. But there's a few things we need to be aware of, right? And these, I did, I did ask my husband's opinion. I don't always do that. And he said, oh, no, just call it like it is. That just... Just say it what it is. All right, here we go. Beware of being the discussion hog. That's me. Oh, my gosh. My younger days, we'd be in a small group. I think I was the only one that ever talked. And the, and the poor person leading the group probably just let me because she didn't know how to shut me up. And I had to learn about myself that, you know what, I... Why is it that I'm doing that? Well, I think there's two kinds of people who are the discussion hogs. One that's the know-it-all, that wants to answer everything, that talks about everything, has an answer for every single thing, right? And a lot of times that person may be, okay, wait, I need to preface. I'm going to tell you about these things. I am not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, all right? I'm just telling you, the little bit that I've learned over the years, some background on some people who may be a discussion hog. It could very well be that they are, um, they are trying to be known. Somebody pay attention to me, because I, I had nobody, nobody ever pays attention to me. The discussion hog might actually be very insecure, which you would think would be the opposite case, but. So we need to beware for ourselves. Are you, are you being the discussion hog? And then if you find someone else in your group that is, maybe kind of look at that and pray for them. You know, pray that or, or affirm them if you can figure out if that's what it is. The other kind of person who's a discussion hog is one that is, has minimal social skills. They're uncomfortable with silence and Hearing silence causes them anxiety, so they jump in and try to talk. Oh, yeah. I can relate to that. Because then you're like, well, nobody's talking. They don't like me. They, they just want to get away. They don't like this. 
Anybody ever get in their own head? Well, you don't have to raise your hand about that. I'm just telling you, I, I can relate to that. And so, again, we need to check ourselves, right, and figure out, are we doing that? Have we talked the whole time? Now, I'm not talking about a situation where, you know, you're in a small group setting and you something has come up and it's a traumatic situation or whatever and you're sharing. That's not being a discussion hog. But the person who continually does it week after week after week, we get the difference, right? Yes, okay. So the second person is the introvert. Now, I think there's two kinds of introverts. There's one that's super shy. They're just not confident with their answers. Maybe they're afraid of sharing because of what others might think. Or there might just be people like, I don't know, who don't like to talk a lot. Okay? And they're just listening listening to what people have to say. They might be formulating what they're thinking, what their answer might be. We need to give room for people to be able to share. And so if you're an introvert, my challenge to you is plan ahead something you're going to share. I just told you what the questions are going to be. We're going to talk about the sermon. We're going to talk about how your soul is doing in those four areas. You can bring something to the table. Because... When you don't share, you can't be known. And we need to know each other. We're doing this thing called church together. It's important. Because when tough times come, you call on the people at your church. But if you show up every Sunday and you never connect with anyone, you won't call and you could fade away. And we don't want that to happen. Um, the next kind of person is the revealer. Their life is a hot mess. Uh, I've been there too, okay? Uh, I guess I'm the only, only not the introvert, I guess. Um, those are the people who share way too many details. Okay, so we're asking about the soul, and we say something about the scripture, and we're like, well, so let me tell you, I, I guess I want to tell you that so it really started about seven years ago. So seven years ago, when I first started, okay, no, no one needs that, all right? Now, if you can do it in two sentences or less, you can start seven years ago, right? I mean, that that's fine. But when, it's not a counseling session, okay? And I'm, I'm preaching to myself, please hear my heart, okay? When we want to go deep, but we don't want to go that deep. Does that make sense? Do I need to say anything more about that? I don't think so. Um, The next person is the challenger or the scoffer. Ever been in a room with a challenger? You can just nod your head. You don't have to raise your hands. The challenger is the one who challenges every answer. Well, actually, the Bible doesn't say that. Actually, when you read the Bible, it says this. Or actually, and it doesn't matter if they're right or wrong, they're going to challenge every single thing. Um, And what's wrong with that is the attitude behind it. The attitude behind that is there's something more going on. And again, not a psychologist or psychiatrist, so I can't tell you what else is going on. But that person could be insecure, also looking for attention or affirmation. Um, But we want to make sure that we're not challenging everything everyone says. And, and it, 
if it's just one time, one thing, that's not the challenger. Um, the scoffer, or, or the challenger is also very critical of others, can be very negative. The scoffer could be the one that always complains. Every single time you meet, they complain about everything. Um, and maybe it could be that their bark is worse than their bite, and they're actually hiding some deep wounds. Um, or maybe they're, like I said, they're looking for affirmation. And, and again, if that's you, I would challenge you. No, not challenge you. I would encourage you to seek out some counsel. You know, from one of the leadership people, talk with the pastor, and find out if there's something more going on. Go to God. God will reveal to you if there's something in your heart, if you find that you're being critical or um, complaining every time that you get together with a group, if there's some dynamic going on in your heart that you need to, to um, that God wants to bring out and, and heal you of. The, the last one is the person who wants to solve everyone's problem. Me too. Somebody says, well, I was having trouble with this. Well, have you tried this? Maybe you should, they don't even let them finish what's going on, and they're jumping right in with problem solving. Um, maybe it's just that they don't like seeing others in pain. Maybe they have a lot of experience in, in that area. But it could be that they're working on themselves, and they're seeing something that's similar, and so they're like, well, I'm doing this, you know, to try and make a connection. But we don't want to do that, especially in a, in a group setting. If someone does that to me, a lot of times that means that I don't want to share anymore, especially if I'm not looking to solve the problem. So if you tend to be a problem solver, what you want to do is wait until you hear the person say, what should I do? Or how could I do something different? If they're asking for your advice, that's great. If they're just sharing where they're at, we need to not try to solve their problem. Because God might be working in a different way than what you think is right. Does that make sense? Um, so those are, those are the beware of. But So let's get to some practical things, some do's and don'ts. And I have so many that I didn't put them on the screen, which I don't think Israel would mind. Um, so join a group. You are needed to encourage one another. You need to join a group. Make it a priority. In Hebrews, it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. That's what we're called to. You need to show up at church, show up in your community group. You may just find some lifelong friends in your community group. Be on time. Now, I know we are all busy. And it's really hard to get places on time these days, it feels like. But it becomes an issue of respect. If you're not showing up on time, it's, it's almost saying the other things are more important than you guys. Now, if it's a once-in-a-while thing, of course. But if you do end up showing up late, do not do this. Do not show up 10 minutes late and go, oh, I'm so sorry. 
I, you know, I had this thing happen, and, and I just couldn't help it. And so, so tell me what I missed. Nobody wants to redo the last 10 or 15 minutes or half hour of whatever it is that you missed. You know, it could be, hey, can you catch me up afterwards or, or something like that. Does that make sense? That's really practical. Um, take notes at, at the sermon. Now, I don't mean you have to necessarily write down what I'm saying, but when you leave church, maybe write down something that stood out to you. Something that you connected with, something that was like, oh, yeah, I should do that. So that when you show up to the community group or the small group, whatever it is, that you can share something. You have something to say. Not, oh, I don't even remember what was said. Not being a very good group member. Okay? It's just part of what we're telling you ahead of time. This is what's going to happen. And then spend time. Reading your scriptures. That's what, that's what Luke said grew the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Are you reading your Bible? Are you getting something yourself from God? Because this isn't about me dragging you along. This is about you connecting with the Lord and us running alongside each other in encouraging one another. I can't run a race for somebody else, but I can run it alongside them. Um, and if you, if that soul teaching seems like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. Pastor Cameron did um, an entire sermon series on soul, and you can just look it up, S-O-L, uh, S-O-U-L, and it was in 2020, fall of 2020, and they'll be on the podcast. Um, while you're in the group, be focused. Turn off your phone. Put it down. Take your notes on a piece of paper or look at your phone real quick for your notes and then put it away so that it's not a distraction. Listen to what other people are saying. Really try to hear not the words, but their heart. A lot is said you can you can learn a lot about someone's heart by listening between the lines. Um, I already said don't try to fix them. Allow others to get a turn. So if you're the discussion hog, I don't know, maybe I guess you do need your phone or a watch to check how long you've been talking, right? Or if you see other people rolling their eyes or looking away from you, it's a good time to stop. Just, just being practical. Um Don't go too deep. Don't be afraid to share. And keep a confidence. If people are sharing something about their lives, we don't need to go back and gossip about it to the whole church. Pastor Cameron's going to share, I believe, next week about what keeping a confidence means. Because there is a time and a place to share things, and there isn't. And you know, I I can give you a hint. You can tell when it's gossip when it feels just a little bit bad. If you're saying something and you get a check in your spirit, you shouldn't be saying it. But when we join a group and when we fellowship with one another, what we end up doing is what First Peter says. We become like-minded. 
We are sympathetic. We can become compassionate and humble, and we can truly love one another. And that is our goal so that we can become the church. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to close us in prayer. So if you would join with me. Actually, I would like you all to stand and put your hands out in front of you. So, Father, I just ask right now that you would just, as each one, search their heart. That is something in the sermon they connected with, whether it was something they're good at or something they need to work on. You would just reveal it to them right now. And Father, more than that, I just ask that you would show each one how valuable they are to this community. How valuable they are to be encouraging of one another. They have a part to play. That each one in this room, that you've called them by name. And you have a purpose and a destiny for each one. That this church, New Day, Vandalia, would really flourish, would continue to grow in Cass County, and that your branches would reach, (laughs) I just see the branches reaching all the way to the edges of the county and beyond. You have fruit to share, an encouragement to speak, a connection to make with one another and with those in this community. Reveal that to them today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we do have prayer over here on my left, your right.